Let's talk about love. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about drugs. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about me. Let's talk about us. Let's talk about we. Let's talk about you, let's talk about me, let's talk about us, let's talk about we, let's talk about wealth, let's talk about greed, let's talk being broke, living in poverty, let's talk about black, let's talk about white, let's talk about how we still fight for our rights, let's talk government, sex schemes and drugs, and let's talk about God, let's talk about love, let's discuss our feelings. Hey y'all, welcome to Blessed to BS. I'm your cousin in Christ, Wantrell Levette, and this is Bougie Bible Studies. If you are new here, I like to welcome you to the best Bible study class that you would ever come across. If you are not new here, then you already know cousin in Christ, sister, brother in Christ. I like to welcome you back to the best Bible study class that we've already been in tune with. Okay, so you guys, I just like to welcome you guys and honestly like it's really an honor reading the bible and it's really an honor speaking about the good things and learning about the good things that happened when jesus had his time on earth and how the people felt about him and everything that just took place in those ancient times that still apply for today but the goal and the key here is to dive into the bible and to really just dissect these stories and get an understanding of what we hear about in our churches today let's be honest like reading the bible is not easy understanding the bible is not easy and just having scriptures thrown at to you are thrown at you is very random and it's just rare so i like to personally get in tune and in touch with the stories we've been on this journey now for 11 weeks and it has been quite a journey and the stories just get interesting and more interesting and interesting and it just helps with um bettering our relationship with jesus christ himself you know because he is God the savior of you know who we depend on the one and only creator of this universe and so yeah let's get into our class class 11 you guys and for the past couple of weeks we've just been learning about Jesus we learned about how he came about where he come from what was his main goal in his whole time in earth and that was just to do what God sent him to do was prophesied over his people teach his people the disciples help the people which he did a lot of that he was like pulling out souls healing people from left to right I mean he was a miracle worker he was a way maker he was just doing everything that was so shocking to the people so now we come into the time where now they want to arrest Jesus it really gets deep so grab your Bibles grab your notes grab everything and anything that you need to dive in today's class today we'll be in Matthew 26 and we are going to dive into the betrayal and the arrest of Jesus so if you were with us last week then you already know that Jesus basically he prayed for his disciples and he gave them the prayer he gave them peace he gave them he basically was like you know God wherever I am whoever believes in me they will be also where I'm at and we we will all be in unity together basically for the ones who believe Jesus will know Jesus and because we know Jesus we 
would know God. And it just reminded me of a full circle and a full unity of what God offers. And it's what we long for today in this world because we are all so desperate of finding our way home. But the more relationship we get in with God, the more okay we are with journeying through this life lifetime. And I find it to be a sense of peace that I can't get from nowhere else. I can't get from material things. I can't get from a relationship. I can't get from for any things like that. Like this type of peace has to come from God. And it's because he's the one that created me. You know, he knows my ins and outs. So grab your Bible, grab everything that you need to grab. So we are going into chapter Matthew 26. And yeah, let's find out who betrayed and why they betrayed Jesus and who wanted to arrest him. Okay, so the plot against Jesus. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caphius. I believe that's the name, Caphius. And they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. Mm. But not during the festival, they said. Or they may be a riot among the people. So they already knew that if they tried to kill Jesus during the Passover, that the people would have went crazy. Like it would have been a major riot. And I could just see that with things happening today in our world. But this is back in that time. And I'm just only picturing. So you have the chief priests and the elders of the people. So this is the elders of the people that was a, a part of the town and also the chief priests and the high priest who name was Caphius. So these is priests. These are men of priesthood and they feel like they have the authority. They secretly plan to capture Jesus and kill him secretly. This is them plotting. This is so wicked of them and they call themselves priests and things like that. Chapter 26 verse 6. Jesus anointed at Bethany. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon and Leper, a a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume which she poured on his head and he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. And indignant, we found out what indignant mean. Um, it's like they were upset a little bit. Like they were like weary of why, why was she doing that to him? Like they were kind of jealous. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So here come this lady. She come in. She already know what's about to happen. She's a follower of the mighty Lord himself. She comes in with a very expensive bottle of perfume. One of those top-notch designer perfumes that you cannot get anywhere. And she pours it on Jesus. And here's his disciples and the people. They're like upset that Jesus is getting this perfume poured on him. They say like, what a waste. What do you mean what a waste? Jesus ends up hearing this. He knows this. He's like, 
look at them scuffing and being upset but let me tell you this the poor is gonna always be among you honey you're gonna always have poor people among you but me you're not gonna have me much longer and what this lady has come and done she has come prepare me because she's already know I'm about to go be with my father this is something that the disciples just can't understand but I know exactly where Jesus come from and he basically said this message is going to be preached all throughout the gospel and here I am talking about how this lady came with her expensive perfume and poured it on Jesus and of course his disciples were upset I really appreciate her coming to do that because she only did the works of the Lord and Jesus was only setting them straight like they try to throw shade low-key like how you trying to throw shade on Jesus and y'all been following him it just shows you that people who follow you or be with you in your circle they always don't have your best interests like for real because they should have been rooting for him they should have been happy like Jesus been teaching them and preaching and been telling them the whole time that I'm about to go with my father but yet they still upset mm. let's carry on Judas agrees to betray Jesus verse 14 then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. The Last Supper Verse 17 On the first day of the festival of unleveled bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared for the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after another, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to the man who betrays the son of man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. <laughs> I just want to pause for a second. So Jesus is already known what's about to happen because it's already been prophesied for him that he will be handed over to the man by one of his peoples, somebody to betray him. He's like, One of you guys who eat with me, who drink with me, who have slept near me, who I've prayed for, who I've talked to, one of y'all will betray me. So they get the question and they looking all around. They're asking like, oh, is it me, Father? Jesus like basically talking like, look, one of y'all is going to send me over. One of y'all is going to be real shady and hating and pass me over to the man. But it is already written, so I'm already prepared for it. The one that actually is going to do it, Judas, he said, do, do you mean me, Father? Jesus, without a doubt, said, you said it. Basically like, yeah, you. You already know it's you. So let's continue. Like, ooh, Jesus was no, he was no punk. Like he didn't get bullied. Everything that Jesus was.
was dealing with and he had to handle, he was already prepared for it. Prior to him being portrayed and handed over to man, he prayed. He already asked God to um, do God's will and not Jesus' will. He already asked for the things that he needed. He already knew what was to come and he already knew who his betrayer was. And the fact that his betrayer asked him was it him and Jesus blandly was like, well, you said it. It just lets him know that Jesus didn't let anything anything go unsaid and he didn't have to prove a point to anybody everybody spoke for themselves even the ones that turned against him let's continue while they were eating Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out of many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. So during his last time of eating, Jesus takes the bread and this is where communion come in at church when we take that cracker or that bread and that juice or that wine, however you prefer or choose. And we go into communion with Jesus. We accept his body at Christ. We accept his blood that flows through us because we are the ones who ask for forgiveness. I appreciate him doing that because, and he made it clear for us that this is what he was preparing to do, saying that he would not even drink anymore or he would not eat anymore. This was like his last supper. He was already preparing for what was about to happen to him. And of preparing his last supper to offer up his body and to offer up his blood for forgiveness. That's where we give thanks to him at. That's where the honor comes in. It's like, I thank you for that. So I will continue to go on communion with you. I really appreciate this. Verse 30. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus predicts Peter's denial. Verse 31. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you until Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Verse 34, truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I would never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Yeah, Jesus, I would never disown I would never leave you. Yeah, yeah, Father, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to go anywhere. I would never disown you. So everybody's trying to act like what Jesus is saying is not going to come true. As if he ain't been speaking the truth the whole time. But here they are saying like, I would never deny you. Jesus like, but yes, you will but only time will tell. Verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I'll go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled, meaning he began to cry and he began to, you know, feel sad and stuff like, because Jesus was still in human form, even though he knew God's will had to be done 
done, he still felt what we felt and things like that. So then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you would not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Verse 42. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Okay, so the first time when he went to his father, he said, If it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as your will. Then the second time he said, My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Basically, he is just telling God, Look, whatever it is that needs to happen for this sorrow, this pain, and this feeling to go away, may your will be done. Because if it's not possible for this cup to be removed, and it's on the only way that it could be removed and done is if, if I drink it, then may your will be done. He's constantly telling God, May your will be done and not my will. Verse 43 when he came back, um, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They just could not stay awake they were so tired they just I want to say if they would have been up praying they would have been awake but because they did not stay up praying then they obviously fell asleep right temptation was easy for them to fall asleep just drift away fall asleep it's quiet out here you know don't worry Jesus is doing his thing he's praying to the Lord we're good let's just fall asleep over here but instead they should have been up praying they should have been up Lord I don't know what's going on I don't know what's about to happen with Jesus, but give me the strength to fight, to help him. May your will be done, Lord, not my will. They should have been doing exactly what Jesus did, but they weren't. So he found them sleeping again. Their eyes were super heavy. They couldn't stay up. Temptation got to them. And you know, so then he left them and went away again. And he prayed the third time saying the same thing. Lord, if this cup cannot be taken away from me unless I drink it, may your will be done. He let God know, may your will be done. Lord, not my will. May your will be done. He said the same thing. He prayed three times. The disciples didn't pray no times. Not one time did the disciples pray. That says a lot. That says a lot about the people that you hang with, that you roll with, everything. If you can look around in your circle and you can see who's up praying with you while you're praying, who's up praying their own prayer to the Lord while you're praying your prayer to the Lord, especially if y'all rolling together. This says a lot. Okay. So then he returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the son of man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. I wonder if they would have stayed up and prayed, any of them would have stayed up and prayed, had they would have been super prepared to have Jesus back for the time that comes for his betrayer has come to capture him. I wonder if they would have prayed what would have really took place and happened on that day when he was being betrayed. Let's continue. Jesus arrested, verse 47. 
While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now, the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. Let me pause that for a second. That really spoke highly to me when I read that, and Jesus still called Judas a friend. Because it really do be your friends who really be out for you, who really be betraying you in the most worst way. You you can see it in the most shadiest situation. Somebody sleeping with somebody, man. Somebody betraying somebody, stealing from somebody, taking their money. Just all shady stuff. It be your closest ones to you. When you find out somebody end up dead, it's always the closest one to them that probably has something to do with it. And that's what's sad. That's what's super sad. But Jesus, he wasn't no punk. He didn't get bullied. He didn't get arrested by getting bullied and things like that. He wasn't, he didn't accept that. He knew what was about to happen. And that's why he still called Judas a friend. That speaks value of Jesus. Let's continue. When they step forward, they seize Jesus and they arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. That's what I'm talking about. So one of Jesus' boys did have his back by cutting and striking off the ear of one of the high priest's servants. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposals more than 12 legions of angels? But how then will the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? Oh, wait, Jesus is no joke. <laughs> So they come to arrest, I'm just pausing for a second. They come to arrest Jesus. As they try to arrest Jesus and take him to capture, so one of his boys whipped out his sword, slices the servant's ear, and was about to like give him the works, about to unhand my Jesus, basically. Jesus immediately says, put your sword away. One who lives by the sword dies by the sword. Do you not think how easy it is for me to call my father where he could still send 12 legions of angels down here and have my back? The legions that God will send on your behalf can't even amount to what man think that they have over you. God always have your back. And the fact that you can always call on God is a reward that we should appreciate. I just had to really accept this right now. We're going to continue verse 55. In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Ain't that about something? All his boys left. They all fled on him. But basically, Jesus is keeping it real. Like, I done sat in synagogues. I've been in the courts. I've been teaching. None of you guys came and arrested me, but 
Look how you guys come in like I'm a criminal. Did I do something really rebellion for you guys to come with your swords and clubs all out like this? No. But this has to be done so scriptures can be fulfilled. So let's continue. Let's carry on. Mm. And they deserted him like he said. <laughs> Jesus is not telling those stories. He said that they would leave him and they all act like they wasn't. Well, I'm not going to leave you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to do that. But they all did. Mm. Jesus before the Sanhedrin. Verse 57. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caphias, the high priest, where the teacher of the law and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. The chief priest and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death. But they did not find any. Though many false witnesses came forward, even though false witnesses came forward, it was all lies. None of it was true. So they couldn't really arrest him or put him away off of false accusations. They knew that they were wrong. So finally, two came forward and declared, this fella said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the son of God. You have said so, Jesus replied. But I say to all of you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death. They answered. Then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, Prophecy to us, Messiah, who hit you? I want to pause for a second. So you have the high priest, the leader of the people, priest people who worship God, who's supposed to worship God, who literally are false accusing Jesus, trying to find false accusations on him to put him away. This Messiah, Jesus, came to help the people. And you have rulers, priests, chief priests, and people that are supposed to worship God. And it reminds me of people like the Pope and, you know, these high falsely priests that we have amongst us who uses God's words or uses the Bible for their own falsely behavior here in society that is so sickening to my stomach to think that they killed Jesus and created religion to continue to control the people and that is why it's so vital and important to read the Bible and it's so sad and it's so sickening and that's why you have a lot of kids being molested and a lot of little boys being taken advantage of a lot of preachers just being very nasty in the work that they do and they're always cheating or doing some grossly out things that you think why are these priests doing that they should not be doing that and they should be worshiping God because these falsely priests here that we have on earth are not what we should look to 
They are not what we should praise. It's right here in our Bible what they did to Jesus Christ himself. They killed Jesus. They captured him. They wanted to put him away because he was the true Messiah of God. He was the true living God. And they did not like that. They hated that. And it makes me want to praise Jesus and God even more. So let's continue. Peter disowns Jesus. Verse 69. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where an other servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing were went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses, saying, God damn it, damn it, didn't I say? No, <laughs> like, God damn. No, he began to turn down he began to call down curses and he swore to them. I don't know the man. <laughs> I could just only imagine. He said, Bloody damn it. I don't know him. <laughs> back in that time. But I could see about today. Damn it. Didn't I say I don't know that man? Immediately a rooster crowed. Mm. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. And that's the end of chapter 26, you guys. What an amazing chapter. Oh my God. Like, they literally betrayed, not they, he, Judas of Iscariot, he literally betrayed Jesus and he did it for 30 silver pieces of coins. I can only imagine what that made him feel like. I know that it's not Matthew 27. Oh, yes, it is. Okay, so. So Matthew 27 is our next week's chapter. And so we're going to find out actually what happened after all of this took place. But Matthew 26, the betrayal and arrest of Jesus. Okay, let's start from the beginning. Judas meets up with the high priest and all of that stuff with the high priest and all of the high leaders who was assembling in the a council or whatever, where they was plotting against Jesus. He meet up with them. He asked them, so what do y'all got for me so that I could betray Jesus so I can hand him over to y'all? They give him 30 pieces of silver. I can only imagine back in that time what 30 pieces of silver meant. It probably was millions um, to Judas, um, which made him decide to betray Jesus. He agrees to it. He takes the 30 silver and he says that he agrees to betray Jesus. Then they have the last supper. And that's what Jesus let him let him know, like somebody gonna betray me. Then Judas spoke up and said, is it gonna be me? Jesus let him know, like you said it. So it wasn't really like, a uh, like, yeah, you gonna be betraying me. Jesus basically like, yeah, you gonna be the one to betray me. So Jesus then takes Peter and um, the two boys. He takes him out to get this man. But before he takes him out to get this man, he lets Peter know that he's going to betray him three times. Now, Peter's telling him, like, no, I am not going to betray you, Lord. Like, I, over my dead body, I will never betray you. Jesus like, yes, you're going to betray me three times, and you will know it right after the rooster crow. You're going to betray me three times before the rooster crow. So by the time the rooster crow, 
you done been to betray me three times. Peter like, uh-uh, Lord. <laughs> you my nigga. I'm never going to betray you. You my G. I ride with you. We roll together. You feel me? So we. I'm never going to betray you. Now all his other disciples like, yeah, Lord, I'm never going to betray you. I'm never going to betray you. So Jesus carry on. He takes Peter and he takes the two sons and he takes them out to get this man. And he's like, you know what? I'm really overwhelmed. My heart is really weak right now. Like I have so much sorrow in my heart. Um, I'm feeling overwhelmed so he takes him out and he's like wait right here wait up for me wait right here and watch out for me I'll be right back type stuff so he goes out and he prays he prays to God he's like Lord may may this cup be taken away from me not as my will but your will and so he goes back he find him sleeping he like y'all couldn't stay awake he like I need y'all to stay awake because you know temptation is near the flesh is weak the spirit is willing like I, I gotta go talk to my father so I don't know what their conversation basically went down but he basically went again to go pray to God asking God Lord if the only way that your cup could be fulfilled is if I drink it then may your will be done and not my will so basically the same thing Lord not your will but my will then he come back he find them sleeping again he like y'all couldn't stay awake but their eyes are real heavy like they can't stay awake so he goes to pray another time and he says like Lord if the only way that this cup could be fulfilled is if I drink it may your will be done so he come back he find them sleeping again because they just could not stay awake honestly like they were just so sleeping but if they would have been up praying then they would have been able to be awake and they would have been able to fight temptation so he already let them know like well y'all already slept the time has already come for me to be betrayed and handed over to the man so rise up it's time to go now so as they heading back down here come a large crowd crowd Judas and high priest servants and a bunch of people soldiers and stuff with their swords and stuff coming to arrest Jesus Judas let them know look the one that I give a kiss to that's the one that's the rabbi that's the messiah so Judas go ahead and come up and greet Jesus all friendly like a fake friend and stuff kiss him on the cheek and Jesus let Judas know um right then and there like do what you came to do my friend still called him a friend because he was already prepared so they arrest Jesus and grab him and stuff like that but one of Jesus boys whipped out his sword and cut the servant's ear like hold on like don't be touching my Jesus you feel me like release my Jesus but Jesus immediately told him like put your sword away you know this has to happen don't worry don't even trip like I have to be handed over to man for the scriptures to be fulfilled he basically let them know like this is to be done this is what's gonna happen so all his boys basically just peeled out on them they all left but Peter he kind of like crept behind and followed Jesus all the way to the courts and he sat in or whatever and he was listening to what was happening so Jesus going to the courts now they got him arrested now the high priest the leaders and everybody they're trying to find people and trying to get up some false accusations on Jesus so that they could arrest him and put him to death but even though they had a lot of people come up fake testimony and stuff none of it could be held accountable because it was not true so then two people said to him they said this man said that he can he can tear down a temple and have it built in three days 
because he's the Messiah of the God. So the high priest stands up and he said, well, is you not going to say anything about these accusations against you? Jesus didn't say nothing. He stayed silent. So he asked them, basically gave him a command, like, I demand you to tell me, are you the son of God? Are you the Messiah of the God? that was sent from God and Jesus basically told the high priest like you have said so which I am the Messiah but I'm not even tripping because after this day I'm about to go sit with my father I'm about to be at the right hand of my father so I'm about to go sit with him the high priest was like blasphemy he's yelling at Jesus he all upset he like this man is lying y'all believe him y'all really believe that this is the Messiah of God what do you guys say we should do to him now everybody like death penalty he should be killed you know what i'm saying so now they hitting jesus spitting on him oh that is so jacked up okay so they hitting him and they're spitting on him and stuff and now they trying to mock him like yeah messiah who hit you which one of us hit you now the story cuts off and it goes to peter now peter he heard the verdict and he he's by the gate or whatever so now somebody look at peter they like you was with this man of galilee right peter like i don't know that man so he make it out to the gate another servant like no nah, you really was with him though you you was with the guy from nazareth right peter like man i don't know that man i i don't know that man i said i don't know that man so now he go out a little further and they like nah bro your accent giving it off like you are a nazareth bro like you really you was with that man peter like damn it i said i don't know that man would y'all leave me alone now he heard the rooster crow and immediately he remembered that Jesus told him that you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crow and then he left and he started crying then his chapter cut off but dang they did Jesus dirty they did him wrong for starters Judas did him wrong by betraying him by agreeing to portray him and then his boys couldn't even stay up to pray with him or pray on their own that's what I, that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking if they would have had enough strength and courage to stay up to pray when jesus was already feeling overwhelmed by everything that he accepted and that he was going to commit over to god and to do if the, his boys would have stayed up and prayed and prayed out to god and asked for the strength and courage i don't think that they all would have fleed Peter would have never denied him and the two sons that was with him would have had enough strength to either fight for Jesus or have his back but at the end of the day Jesus already knew the prophecy had to be fulfilled scripture had to be fulfilled so he was already preparing for what was happening but that was so jacked up his boys didn't stay up and pray for him and his boys all left and dipped out on him when one of his main boys betrayed him like super super betrayed him and that's so jacked up so next week we're gonna find out what actually took place after they betrayed him you guys have been rocking with me on the best bougie bible study class that you would ever come across if you enjoyed this podcast today go ahead and send it to somebody else who has a hard time reading the bible maybe your mother your father your sister your brother your auntie your uncle so until next week you guys i am your beautiful host wantrell levette and this is blessed to bs bougie bible studies and i will talk to you guys next week bye